Welcome everybody to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maj, joined here with my favorite cabbage guy, Jordan. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, you know that um okay, yeah. So for those of you listening, we're uh, covering Avatar The Last Airbender, season two, part two, so that's episodes like what, eleven to twenty? Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I mean my god, that cabbage guy. I mean he he got some fans. <laughs> all right. Like I'm not gonna spoil it for those of you who have not seen all of it, but he he definitely got fans. Um he's very popular, he's very um and you know, because like he really didn't have a backstory, but it was just funny to see the recurring like I wanna say Easter egg almost, but I mean, yeah. it is canon, so it's not like a exactly half Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So this this book, book two, Earth, right, is so heavy. This book is heavy with emotion. It's th- at this point you're you're already invested, right? Um, when you're on, especially on part two of book two, right? Like at this point, I hope. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point, you're heavily invested on both the idea that, like, you know, Zuko and Iroh are fugitives. So you're seeing Zuko experience a world no longer from a, a, the Prince of the Fire Nation perspective. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing yeah. it. Not, he, he's a refugee, essentially, right? He, he's, he's on the same level as a refugee. He has no money. He has no, I mean, he has kind of status, but not the status that you want. Um, no, his status is like bad. It's like, oh, I'm gonna die if I get caught. Kind exactly, of status. Yeah, and, 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 and in a way, because of that, it's actually worse than a refugee, right? Because refugees are not being hunted on an individual level, but he is, right? He's Whereas, like a political enemy, a political target. Yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because if I'm a refugee, they're just after me in the same way they're after every refugee. But if mm-hmm. I'm a a uh, if I'm a fugitive, they're after me specifically. Like so, no joke either. Like this isn't like a oh they're just after you to ask you questions and like no 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 yeah you no cut your head off yeah hundred percent you're you're dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah no this uh, and this part two was just so packed, especially early on mm-hmm. of the second half of season two because Appa's missing still right and hate hate hate. That's like yeah. one of my favorite characters. It's Appa. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was great. Could you um, imagine in today's age if you could own a flying bison? It's just parked out front. He's just playing <laughs> out front of your house. Sounds like expensive maintenance, though. I um, know, but you could go but, anywhere. Yes, There's no could. fuel. There's no, well, there is fuel. It's just hay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> People. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Carnivorous guy bison. Uh, but, you know, this... The thing is also, I think, okay, how many episodes does it take, right? So if you're looking at uh, part two, if it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It took seven episodes following the second half. So the end of the first half is when uh, Appa gets taken, right? Right, 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 right. Yes. He gets taken in the library. And then so from the desert down, so seven episodes, dude. And... 
Which is surprising to me that he let it go that long, or the writers let it go that long. Just, but I think it was really, it was good in the sense that like it really added to like the sense of loss and despair because you, as a viewer, kind of felt the weight of what Aang was feeling. Yeah, he he was definitely in a spot of like. He he's just he's in distress. His his whole temperament is in distress because he doesn't have Appa. Now I'm not saying that's bad, because wouldn't you if that's like your only real childhood friend? But like, like that's like a loved one. That's like somebody taking your daughter. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, just... it uh, and I think because it went on so long. Because again, okay, so when I was younger, the TV shows that I would watch, um, anytime a character would go through a loss or something like that, it would be kind of semi-resolved within mm-hmm. one or two episodes. Uh, because right. the the TV show format back when we were kids was, and I mean, it, it kind of exists now too with stuff like, you know, but it's but that's even more for even more younger kids, was episodic, right? One episode was one uh, contained adventure, one contained mission, and that was it. There wasn't a lot of bleed through from episode to episode. Right, right. Like it was like uh, they ended the they ended the arc per se. Yes, there. within that episode. Yeah, yeah. So for them to lose Appa and then to go seven episodes without it, and I know we talked about a bit about this before, but the episode when Appa was taking Keen out in July two thousand six, and then oh, there was wow. like a hiatus. Yeah, and then there was a hiatus, and they didn't get him back until November two thousand six. So that's I what September, that. October. So that's three months. <laughs> Of like just uncertainty of like, is he gonna get Appa back? So th- yeah. this part is always so painful for me to see. Um, but you know enough of the Appa talk because there is actually one thing I want to actually let's go ahead and talk about it now since we're already talking about it. Uh, that one episode, Appa's Lost Days, that still breaks my heart. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, um, obviously abusing people is bad and it's heartbreaking to abusing kids is bad but abusing animals is different because they can't even speak up right uh, right they right. can't call for help really so th- this was like i mean this was literally like watching animal abuse because i mean it literally was he got taken like- yeah he got taken into that fire nation circus and then he got attacked by that boar, and then Suki helped him, and then Suki had to like scare him off so that he didn't get captured by Azula again. Because he wanted to help Suki. Yeah. He, he, and, that, and that's so terrible because you could tell in Abba's animal expressions that like he wanted to help her, but he kind of knew that it was going to be bad if he stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, man, I, I loved this episode was so well done. It was very painful to watch, even after mm-hmm. all these years, after all these rewatches, and I prepared myself emotionally for it, but it's never enough. You know, it right. is still very difficult to see him go through that and to see him go through that alone and constantly just running away. And 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 he might be a smart animal, but that doesn't mean that he's not. In fact, I think that makes animal. it worse, right? Yeah. That the fact that he's an intelligent animal, you can tell that that means he feels the emotions more. Because if he was just dumb, he'd probably forget about what he just went through five minutes later. Right. If anything, him being intelligent makes it worse for himself. Right. Um. But yeah, no, I. But it, it beyond even that, it also. I think 
as the audience, it made you realize how much that you took Appa for granted. Right, because they were just traveling across the land yeah. willy-nilly. But now yeah. they, they now can't. you have to really think through everything that you do. Now you're traveling across the land. And this right. isn't like, oh, I can just take the Amtrak <laughs> of the Earth Kingdom. Like, Well, <laughs> if the Earth Kingdom could expand, who knows? But yeah, yeah. yeah there's, no, there's no public transport. It's either you walk or you get dragged by a cart or yeah. you know what I mean? And I think... You, you felt that right away, especially in that first episode in the desert, mm-hmm. right? When they're just, they're constantly just walking through the desert and there's no hope for them either. Right. No, obviously, you know, even I, I even knew as a kid, they're like, okay, they're going to make their way out of this. But it did, this is one of the few times where you know that the character is going to be safe, but you still have a sense of dread. Like, oh my God, like, what is this? What's it gonna cost them right like is one of them gonna die here because at this point when they took Appa, i was like ready for just about anything i was well when i was the first watch through on this i thought ang was just gonna lose it i i i thought he was gonna be all right people are gonna start yeah hurt (laughs) forget my pacifist ways Mm -hmm. yeah no it was because you um, can see the anger in ang's eyes yeah and i think that's it channeled, it's seeing the anger in Aang's eyes really channeled again the pain and the anger that the audience feels too. So mm-hmm. it was, it, that was again great writing because it, ref, when a character is able to reflect what the audience is feeling, then the audience feels more immersed in the sense of a writing, right? Because if there's a character that I can channel my emotions through and that character is reacting the way that I would in that situation, then I feel more connected to the, to the material. Because now I'm able to, because they're reflecting what I'm feeling, right? And yeah. so that 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 character is like my avatar in the story, and I don't mean avatar like an avatar as everybody as in like this is this character represents me in the story. So now I'm more invested because my uh, because I myself I see myself in the story, and that that keeps you genuinely invested for sure, right? Um. But the other thing I really liked, and this was more of an art choice, was in the Appa's Lost Days, and also I think in the Tales of Bossing Say, which we'll get to that episode in a second. But there were moments where it kind of like they did like you know when Suki and Azula charge at each other, then it like kind of froze freeze frame, and it was like a smeared painting almost. Those shots were very cool. Very yes, they were. Um aesthetically pleasing your anime yeah. seeking eye yeah and they were wallpaper worthy like you just give wallpaper me those stills worthy. yeah that, that's Dang. what i call it i call them wallpaper worthy all right or uh, what is it what do we buy now metal plate um, displate disc plate worthy yeah display yeah. by the way for those of you who don't know displate is a metal poster website where you, they have like i mean so much art for so many different things and they send you a metal poster with a magnet that you just hang on the wall so there's no screws or nails that you need to worry about. And you can just hang up a bunch of disc plates. And then if you get a bunch of them, you don't need to hang up all of them. You can just swap them in and out as you see fit. So right. disc plates are really cool. But anyways, <laughs> um, the Tales of Bossing Say is probably the closest episode that we have to a filler episode in the show. And yet it is still such a good episode. Yep. Um, so, okay, so for those of you who don't know, Mako was a voice actor for General Iroh. Uh, explain, please. What do you mean? No. I, I, I don't know who that is. 
Uncle Iroh? No, no, I'm talking about the voice actor. Oh, Mako. Mako was a voice actor for Uncle Iroh. I don't I don't know anything about him other than oh, him being a voice actor for Uncle Iroh. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but so he actually ended up dying. And I could be wrong, but I think he this was actually the last episode that he actually voiced. So so he pretty much voiced it and passed away. Yeah, to my understanding. He he voiced it and then and which which really sucks or it it, it it's also kind of poetic because he sings that song that uh, brave soldier boy come marching home, mm-hmm. um, which is like a farewell to his son, to Uncle Iroh's son. And it was he like died a, in a war. Right? Yeah, he died in the war in Bossing Say. Oh, yeah. That, uh, so we see that in the flashback, I think, in part one that they talk about how um, it's part of Zuko's POV flashback where his mother says that, you know, Uncle Iroh. Our Uncle Iroh's son, your cousin, Lu Ten, died in the Siege of Ba Sing Se. So he's in the city that he failed to conquer, and he's in the city of his son's death. Tough. No, also, I mean, isn't it? I mean, he's. This is on. the point where he opens the tea shop. Yeah, I mean, he, he's already opened. Uh, I think at this point he may or may not have opened the tea shop, but I, I don't really know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just yeah. It imagine the weight of the emotions that he feels because you know a lot of people could easily blame the city for his son's death, but he doesn't do that. He, in fact, in a way, he kind of blames himself because he was not the wiser man at the time. Right, he wasn't He'd, as wise as it is now. It took yeah. him that loss of his it, son. Yeah, it took the loss of his son. To probably most likely set the set the you know events in motion to start making him open his eyes and realize, yeah, maybe we're the bad guys. Yeah, and that's crazy that that's what it took. It, yeah, but again, we are in a different time period, so I have to be careful. But no, I mean you know, to be honest, like sometimes that's what it costs us. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, even I real think, life. Yeah, some people don't realize until they've lost everything, and then they're like. Wow, I I did not see this from the from the outside perspective. I did not realize that we were the dictators. I did not realize that we were the oppressors. We were the um, invaders. You know, we're the ones who came into their home. And again, he could have easily come from a place of anger and blamed Bossing Say for the death of his son. But he said, "No, they were defending their home. Yeah. We came to yeah. their kingdom. We invaded them, and then they, in their in self defense." killed my son uh so this uh that's and <laughs> the the writers for the show were so brutal right so this episode comes out and like they were kind enough to put the tale of um the story of uncle iroh here in the middle of the episode which it did give us a lot of it gave us a lot of um backstory to uncle iroh yeah which yeah. really helped you see kind of from his perspective. Personally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, he was already kind of lovable at this point. But, you know, we've always seen him as a stoic, um, firm yet gentle. Now, I don't know about firm, but like he's just a very gentle, understanding, wise uh-huh. human being. And we, we've always just assumed that all right, he was basically born this way. But people, 
good or bad, no one's ever born that way. We're all just empty cups that are filled with experiences right. that shape us, right? And mm-hmm. Uncle Iroh, uh, we know him to be, today to be this like unshakable being. And to see him cry about the death of his son for the mistakes that he w- was taken a part of was brutal. And then the episode after this is Appa's Lost Days. I mean, the writers had their way with us when we were kids. Right? Pretty much emotional roller coaster for like five episodes. Oh, yeah. It was disgusting. Okay. And the other thing I want to say, right? So if you're looking at the dates of when this aired, this episode aired September 29th. Then they went on another almost month hiatus. And then October 13th is when they came out of Oppa's Lost Days. And then again, almost uh, another three week wait before Lake Lauga episode came out. So it was just like, my God, they're just beating us over the head with the fact that Aang doesn't have Appa right now. Yeah, they, they really do kind of beat it up. You know, I, my my thing is, is that, like, I understand that they traveled quickly with Appa and everything, but can't Aang kind of just fly himself? He can, but if you think about it, like, what's he going to do with the other three members who cannot fly? Well, they need to stay behind. <laughs> catch up i mean come on go get up come back okay so going. it's funny you say that because they kind of did try that right at the when they passed when they went through the serpents pass right yeah but this isn't like a half-hearted thing it's either no but the reason don't. yeah yeah but the reason he didn't is that he saw the drill oh yes yes right and okay. that drill dude this episode was so cool okay so they're um they take like a th- the drill at the wall that long yeah, yeah. tubular drill that, yeah, that was, was actually cool. a pretty cool piece of technology it really um, was considering really the time was. period they wrote this about mm-hmm. it really was awesome and you know so the sh- the show comes back after like i want to say 2 months off right cuz july 14th is when the desert came out then about 2 months after that serpent's pass and the drill came out on the same day so oh, i didn't know that yeah, I'm looking at the dates because I'm remembering that around this time there was a writer's strike going on like all throughout Hollywood because a lot of writers felt like they were not being paid enough or being taken advantage of. So a lot of the writers went on strike. So a lot of TV shows, including this show, actually suffered because of it. Uh, That's poo. Suffered in the sense of um, timing for release, at least for Avatar. Oh, okay, Thankful- okay, okay. Thankfully, the, the writing quality didn't suffer, thank God. Um no, that didn't that didn't happen. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. Imagine though if it did suffer and we could have gotten something even better than this, which is kind of crazy to me because again, this is like my favorite show of all time. Um, but this which is ep- crazy to me now because me and you usually talk about like a hundred different shows, and this is your favorite. But it must it has more sentimental value, I think, for sure. than anything. Oh yeah, no. It, the the nostalgic sentimental value for me, I think, plays a massive borderline unfair role and placing it as a masterpiece for me but it just really is uh that good and i i haven't seen a lot of shows that blend they're so good at blending like adult themes yet still keeping it kid friendly and enjoyable for children to strike that balance is actually way harder than i think people realize oh no i think well i don't know maybe it's because me and you agree on like the world but i think it's extremely hard to to bridge the balance between having an anime and 
really essentially as kids see it a cartoon we see it as an anime it's a cartoon to them yeah but like to bridge the gap between that and not to keep the adults attention but not put enough in it that's not um so violent or so sexual that it that kids can't watch it. yeah like that right, isn't right. i mean to, to write that and follow that line it, it's not it, it's it's very very hard i mean okay so for the those of you listening, like the thing, okay, well, this is great, but like, you know, it's not that weird deal. Think about like the actual themes that are explored in this show. This show talks about racism, xenophobia, uh, genocide, yeah. um, war, the corruption that comes from war, dishonor, and finding your finding honor within yourself, spirituality. It this show deals with so many heavy, serious themes that you know we everyone praised. All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. I just came out, which, by the way, is a fantastic World War One movie. What is it? Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, it's on Netflix. Great, oh, great movie. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. But it only really deals with the one theme of war and the human condition, right? Uh, and it does it really well. But this show does a lot of that. Now, granted, it doesn't go into as much depth onto any one topic because it it just can't otherwise it had to be like five times longer but well yeah yeah okay and uh, i didn't think about that but yeah i guess it would have to do if they wanted to add more content we obviously have to be um yeah they'd have would, to add another season or more episodes of some for sure some caliber so but the fact that they still did all that is just fantastic um there is one thing that i i actually messaged jordan about this um a couple weeks ago because i didn't I, i've rewatched the show more times than anyone else i know like I, I, if any, I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's rewatched it more times than me. But as far as my immediate circles, I don't know anyone who's rewatched the show more than I have, and I didn't even pick up on this. There was a TikTok that I had seen where it went through the, like the list of people that like tried to kill someone, like Azula tried to kill this guy, and then um, half of the series Azula tried to kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just lists like the different people that wanted to kill. Uh, another character and then it cuts to zuko and he's standing on top of the mountain this is from season two part one so Mm -hmm. unfortunately i didn't see this video in time for that episode but i didn't want to talk about it because it's so powerful and it just cuts to zuko and it just says i and a dot 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 what they can't say it in tiktok because tiktok is very you know upset obsessed over you know keeping it kid friendly but in there what they're trying to t- say is that Zuko wanted to kill himself when he was t- on top of the mountain, when he wanted to, you know, when he was trying to practice reflecting the lightning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That hit me so hard because I was, it just, like, I never, I never interpreted it that way. To me, I always thought that he was just angry at the world that it, oh, it keeps dealing him with a crap hand after crap hand after crap right. hand. That he's just so frustrated with the world that like I, I what did I do to deserve this? And it's almost like and that now that you bring that point up, it's almost like, okay, he went out there, it's like, okay, either I redirect this lightning or I kill myself. Yeah. Two Two yeah, options. he he was basically like he was ready to end it all. Like and because like you said, you know, if he messes up, that kills him. Mm-hmm. That hundred percent kills him. And yeah, and you know, like as a as a kid, I was like, whoa, this is so powerful. I already felt the the depth of it. And now after seeing this video, and I wasn't the only one that was like, man, I've seen this show so many times. I never yeah. realized that this is what they were 
This is my thousandth watch through, and now yeah, I'm picking up on wow, this. Wow, it's, it's so it's so depressingly beautiful that I I just could not get enough of it. Um, but yeah, the, I remember I sent it to Jordan right away. I'm like, dude, look at this, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, and then there was another thing. Um, Toph, I think it was when the Sandbenders took Appa, or they, she was just like overwhelmed. She was like covering her ears. And to me, that's just like, you know, she's blind, right? So she already, she's deprived of one major sense, the most important sense, if we're being honest. And so now her covering her ears, she's so overwhelmed. She's depriving herself of all, basically all senses. Right, right. To me, she's not, she's not allowing herself to feel the emotion of Appa being taken almost. Yeah, and it was because um, she knew it hurt. And I'm, you guys got to remember, they're all very young kids. And, you know, we know Toph to be this strong, like, you know, un- immovable. Yeah, I'm immovable piece of metal. That's just like I am the boulder and nothing can hurt me. But clearly. Unfortunately. It, it does. Um, and that's And that's – I think that's the main point that we were that they were trying to show us in the show is that like, you know, it, it it's gonna hurt these people that are so tough but yet so young that this is gonna this is what's gonna get to them. Yes, and um, to the other major point that the show covers, which is war. Uh, this is one of the things I loved about Bossing Say because Bossing Say was like you know there was. The name Bossing Say was dropped several times throughout the series leading up to this point. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like they, they, they name dropped it and like, you know, they always referred it to as like this unbreakable city that, you know, withstood the Fire Nation and it's so strong and stoic and capable and, you know, basically unbreakable. Right. And, when we get into it, we get this like view of the city. It's like, wow, this is really beautiful. And right away, we see that something's not right, right? Because of Judy and the Daily agents. And then there's so much that's like, you know, the Daily agents, of course, being like the secret police and the actual Earth King not even knowing that there's a war going on. He forget about even leaving the kingdom, like even leaving the walls. He's never even left his palace. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's not a good ruler. <laughs> yeah, and so I think what's become very obvious is that he ascended the throne at a young age, and then what was this? Uh, something Fang, Lao Fang, I think. Yeah, Lei Fang or Lao Fang. Yeah, so he like you know what was basically king regent and ruling over the kingdom until the Earth King came of age, but by then he was already a puppet. So, so stuff it really like that didn't matter. Yeah, and it's just, I remember, you know, you, you finally get reunited with Appa, and now you got to deal with this secret police and all this corruption stuff, and it oh, it was it was scary, because as kids, you always kind of imagine that the institutions are going to be there for you at all times. Which is obviously not the case. Yes, and I think this was a great lesson for 
for a Aang lot of people especially. that like yeah for Aang yeah, yeah because and again they're kids right for uh, think about us you know you forget just kids even as adults you always assume that the roads around you are going to be taken care of this, that the water is going to continue flying flowing the electricity is going to continue flowing um when you flush a toilet, if it yeah, doesn't, Maz, we got bigger problems. Buddy. Exactly. <laughs> when you flush a toilet, something the magic is gonna take your poop away <laughs> and take it somewhere else, out of sight, out of mind, kind of situation. Yeah, absolutely, I understand it. And we always think that that you know, it's just taken care of. It's yeah, done. yeah. We we live in a world where everyone has their own duties and jobs, and like it's just like a not perfect harmony, but things just flow and. Things work as expected. And when they don't, you can always call someone to come in and fix it. Right. Like, I got somebody coming over to fix my garage door tomorrow. So, like, it's funny that, like, we kind of take this stuff for granted. Yeah. We really do. Um, because, what was it, only, like, maybe three, maybe 400 years ago, we were living in uh, crap holes and hovels. So, like, yep. we just take that stuff for granted. And this, I like this, that it shows this to children. Because this gives the children at least, it, it, it gives adults a strong sense of, Oh, the world's not fair. The world's runs cohesively because of this. But it shows children that, like, you know, the people at the top really don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and he relied, uh, uh, just like everybody, relied on, you know, okay, we will invade the Fire Nation with the Bossing Say military, but then it got overthrown by three girls, right? Like, I'm not even gonna right. say women because Azula, I think, is. Azula is younger than Zuko, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, I think I could be wrong, but she's uh, around his age. The same, yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah. even okay, see, even if she's older, fine. But they're around the same age, right? Regardless, she is a kid. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah, she's still young. There's, I mean, she she hasn't even like finished growing per yeah. se. So so she's young, and she's overthrown the entire kingdom with her other two also adolescent friends, which are also mentally ill. But it's fine. We can just put the. We can just take that for later. But yeah, Tyler Lee yeah. definitely seems like she's hiding. She's harboring some. I don't know, daddy issues or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Now that you say that, I'm gonna start looking at other characters differently and be like, oh, this guy's got a problem because of this. Well, I mean, think about Ty Lee, right? Like Ty Lee has this, uh, like, obsession with Azula. Like she's like, oh, you're always so strong and confident. Like she can't draw from the confidence on her from herself. She needs to rely on Azula for being confident, and she looks up to her so much because of that. Oh, that is true. Yeah, now that you say that, yeah, I mean, uh, and May's just a goth, so yeah, that she <laughs> she's just like I hate the world, everything sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I never liked her to be honest, even as a kid. No, I, I don't. Yeah, out of the three sisters, I like the acrobat, which I I can't remember her name. They're not sisters, just so you know. But no, yeah. I know. I just call them the three sisters because ah, nice. But yeah, the, those three women, I like the acrobat lady the most. She seems the less defiled by nonsense. Yeah, she just seems like a sunflower. Still mentally ill. But, and, yeah. you know, it, it, it could be this. Let's, let's set aside our point of good and bad. But those really, those three sisters are, are just doing what they think is right. Which, again, the, what was it? The path of the, what was it? Um, I can't remember the saying. 
good intentions or like the pathway to hell or something. I don't know why I can't think of it. The pathway to hell is paved by good intentions. Yeah. Why can't I never think? But yeah, that's, that's, that's what it makes me think of when these three girls are trying to take everything over for the fire nation. They're like, Oh, I'm doing it for the fire nation and I'm doing it for this. Oh, heck with these other nations, even though they've seen the other nations, they never, you never get to see them like talk to the people of those nations. Cause they don't care. Cause they're so hell bent on one thing. But if they stop to look and think, and they weren't brainwashed by the Fire Nation, I feel like they'd have a different outview or outlook on life and they wouldn't be doing the things they do. But unfortunately, the Fire Nation has done its job. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the thing about the, uh, the Fire Nation is that it does a very good job with this propaganda and really convincing oh, everyone yeah. it, of their own people that, like, we deserve to be here. We deserve yeah, to be the rulers. Yeah, we are um, gods. And, okay, so the other thing I also wanted to talk about when it comes to Bosnia say is, like, and just, like, how disgusting war is. I mean, war is hell. Like, and I don't think that that, that doesn't even really cover it when I say the phrase war is hell, because it really is just hell. I mean, the, yeah, dude. The, people don't understand that, like, you know, you talk to some people and they understand, right? It's, it's fine. But you talk to, to a general the general course of population and it seems like oh the government did this straight to war oh the other country did this straight to war yeah, oh, yeah. They don't, yeah. it's like it's why like, don't dude. you stop because that's when innocent people die yes. and the people that actually need to die usually don't die that way well don't worry we got this guy we bombed an entire village oh but you also took out um let's see this many children you know what i mean yeah, you know, yeah. it's one of those things where like to get to get to get to one guy, you you ran through schools, hospitals, daycares. It's yeah, yeah. It's no, it's disgusting. And like you see here, like uh, La Fang's obsession with maintaining power and control over the Earth Kingdom, or I guess in this case, Bossing Say, he he's brainwashing his own people, and he brainwashed uh, Jet as well, yes. and even ended up going as far as killing him, and. You know, we, I think a lot of times we don't remember the age of some of these characters. And I know I just brought it up with Azula and her, uh, uh, her trio, but Jet is also very young too. I, I'm pretty sure he's under 18. Even yeah. if he was 18 or 19, that's still extremely young. And La Fang is what, in his 40s? And he straight up just in cold blood just murdered Jet. And he didn't really even need to. No, he could no, have. There was no reason. Yeah, he could have incapacitated him, or at least like you know knocked him out, or you know knocked him down so to the point where it was just like takes him just long enough to get up to the point where he could have gotten away if he wanted to. Right, right. There was no there. There was really no need to do exactly what. Yeah. There, it just seemed like overkill. It's yeah. Not like oh yeah. Not the king and definitely. You know, the army. It, yes. You know what I mean? No, this was definitely overkill, and it was. You felt the weight of it when not just Azula, not Azula, uh, Katara started crying, but then beyond that, when Longshot actually spoke for the first time ever I in like the that. entire series. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the bow and arrow, by the way. For, uh, yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He didn't talk pretty much except for yeah. that one line, correct? Yeah, that that was that was his only line in the entire series up until this point. Wow, and kind of crazy. He said, "Like you know, go on. We'll take care of him. He's our leader." Like. That's when you knew. That's when you knew, like, God, the weight, the weight of that moment, the weight of Jet's death was just 
Yeah, I mean, it shakes you. When you're saying weight, you mean like the emotional, the yeah, the, yeah, the emotional the weight, physical yeah. stress that that puts on one's body. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to clarify that because people are like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about weight? Because you don't know. You're pumping but, iron. Um, yeah. So I th again, I can't stress this enough. They are kids, right? They are Aang when he comes out. He's 12 years old when he comes out of the ice. I mean, right? Dude, Katara you, is like what? I two years old. I couldn't imagine doing that at 12 years old. Whatever they're doing. Yeah. Nope. When I was twelve so, years old, I had an Xbox controller. Yeah, I was, I, I was crying. Yeah, exactly. I was crying about, oh man, I didn't finish my essay on time. And he and okay, sh yeah, sure. They had their issues with Jet. They did. I'm not saying he was not a he, but he was also just a confused guy himself, right? And he admits his, to it though. Yeah, his parents were killed by Fire Nation. Yeah. So, but the, but the thing that about me that really came to with his characters that you know. He didn't just blow off the situation between the groups. He he acknowledged it. He acknowledged that he was at fault, and he wanted to make it better by helping them. But and I did think it was actually, and this is actually um, a relapse of his, which I actually liked. I know a lot of people don't when characters do this, and Zuko actually did the same. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Was that uh, when he was coming to Boston? Say he wanted to uh, Jet wanted to turn over a new leaf. He wanted to become a better human being and try and do better. But then when you're confronted with the same demons of your past and you haven't actually come like overcome them, right. you're going to relapse the same way. And Zuko did as well. When he, when Jet saw that Uncle Iroh and Zuko were firebenders, he instantly went back to his old ways. He's just like, I need to kill them. I need to kill them. That, that's it. You know, they're firebenders. We, we don't like them. Zuko was the same way. He overcame it. Kind of, and he did. It, it was it was a very real growth in his part. He even went so far as becoming sick, and then you know, his internal beings fighting, and he saw the two dragons within him, voiced by Azula and Uncle Iroh, about you know what what path does he want to choose. So he definitely went through legitimate growth there. It wasn't fake or anything like that. But it's easy to go through growth when the thing that you are supposed to be facing is not in front of you right also it's one of those things that like yeah you're not dealing with it at the time and you forgot about it and you're able yeah. to forget about it yeah once it comes back up dude you have to redeal with all of that yeah. crap so why not reconcile your problems or reconcile within yourself what you want to do get a plan and then go obviously in this series that's not really what happened yeah this um Zuko possibly becoming good and then relapsing and then joining Azula again was one of the most frustrating, good, good, frustrating, but nonetheless, still frustrating things that I ever dealt with as a kid. Because I was like, I was all aboard the uh, Aang and Zuko team up and them being friends oh. and, you know, them just going to town on the Fire Nation. Like, I was so ready for it. <laughs> But then for him, for Zuko to relapse like that, I was so hurt as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can, I can, I can understand that feeling too, because you're like, oh, this is gonna be so cool, Firebender and the Avatar and these powerful characters going to team up, and then all of a sudden we have Zuko's mess. I could say it's it's a mess. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine the way that? he has to be thinking even though he does do some things that aren't right? no yeah you're right i mean 
and you saw the the inner turmoil right away whenever oh. Iroh comes in to save him, and Iroh just looks at Zuko and like gives him that disappointing like head shake, and you can see the instantly Zuko regrets it. So he doesn't even need to go all the way back to the Fire Nation to do it. He he regrets it right away. Yep. Um, but and yeah, I, sorry. That that's what hurts the worst is when you do something and you're like, all right, I'm gonna you know maybe say try it again just yeah. to say he's trying it again. Well, he's trying it again, and next thing you know, it's worse. There's no. You're just stuck in this pit of worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be tough, and I hate. That like when I watch these, I'll be like, "Oh, he's good, he's bad." But like, the thing is, is that they make these characters these days so complex, so they can actually hit the whole audience. You yeah. know what I mean? Make make yeah. everybody in the audience feel something for this character, regardless of their. But it's like I was like, "Man, Zuko, you just made another big mistake. Why why are you doing this to yourself?" You know. Yeah, he. But it. But it is one of those things, right? Like, he saw an opportunity to get his old life back, and he took it. But at this point, he's a completely different human being now. Right? He, he's witnessed the world. He's experienced life outside Iroh the Fire Nation. And, oh, yeah, of course, Iroh was instrumental in his entire growth. But, you know, he, sometimes you get that. You, you're chasing one thing for so long, then you kind of give up on it. And then you 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 realize that you know that there's life outside of that goal, but then something may come along that'll present itself. That's just like, hey, that remember that goal that you were chasing? Well, this is your opportunity to get like a get rich quick scheme kind of situation, right? You just jump on this right now. That goal that you were chasing for years is back. You, you have it now, and so he jumped on it. But Obviously. as we're gonna see, it wasn't all that was cracked up to be and katara uh saving that water she was going to heal zuko's scar but then saved it thankfully to save ang's life oh man this the fall of bossing say was just i mean can you imagine like what this does to the psyche and the morale of all the resistance troops against the fire nation in the world the unbreakable city has just fallen. And there, I mean, obviously we saw the water, the water tribe and how they dealt with the fire nation. But yeah. once you have that earth kingdom taken care of, I mean, I, I would say that the earth kingdom is more powerful than the water tribe. So what, oh, by the fire far. Nation? well, I know, but what stops the fire nation from being like, all right, you know what? We have more confidence. We have the morale. Let's go back, give it a second try. The Avatar, make sure the Avatar's not there. Boom, done. They took over two. Their nomads are gone. I agree. So the, if, if, if the Fire Nation sees this weakness, you know what I mean? It should, it should have prompted them to continue. But obviously, I think they're more so after the Avatar than they are really anything. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean... My God, what a what a beautiful series! That final fight in this last episode was just—it was everything. Oh, Watching yeah. Aang versus Aang and Katara versus Azula and Zuko. I mean, oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, Azula sucks. Yeah, she she even though her she's role. a product of her own, a product of her upbringing per se, and she's a complex 
character, she still sucks. I agree. Um, but as always, that'll about do it from us for that episode. Um, yeah, we're finishing off book two here. Okay, so there is one thing that we did want to talk to everyone about. Uh, this is about the show, the podcast going forward. There is just way too much things going on in my life, my personal life now, that I can't continue doing books every other episode either anymore. I know we had to, like, it's been kind of feeling like this has been headed this way for a while, and I've been trying to avoid it. It's either this or basically I step away from the podcast altogether. So what we're going to be doing moving forward is for the time being, and I don't know how long it's going to go on for, um, we're doing just TV shows and anime and movies, I guess. We'll throw that in too. Um, we're only doing those like TV media moving forward for the foreseeable future, for the foreseeable future. And then I'm hoping eventually we'll be able to jump back into the books. And, and at that point, we may still do primarily TV media. And, and then like, you know, after like a month, we'll do, oh, we'll do one whole part of uh oathbringer and then part two yeah. of oathbringer yeah. so, instead of just a handful of chapters we'll right. just do major chunks but it won't be every other week it won't be er- like after three weeks it's just going to be random um that's just the way it's going to have to be at the time i am unbelievably incredibly busy so like i said it was either this or i step away from the podcast right. for a long time so yeah and we and uh, like you're saying it, if we go and we continue at this rate, you know, we'll be able to continue with the shows and that, that kind of helps keep up with the, um, so we can give content to everybody. Sure. But you know, yeah. if, if it happens that you end up getting time to read portion, um, a part of Oathbringers per se, or really any book, say, yeah. Say, yeah, say you read all the way through Oathbringer and you're like, okay, you know what? I feel comfortable. Let's talk about this. We'll throw the, I mean, I'm assuming we'll throw it out there. So, um, but this is just for now, I'm assuming, um, because who knows, I could get busy as well. We, we don't know. So, right. Right. Um, but it's, yeah. it's sometimes people have to, I mean, everybody really, you have to take a step back, take care of what you need to take care of. And then you come back, you never step away. You come back. So, yeah. And yeah, I understand that this, for those of you who joined us as part of the reading portion i understand this might be a little frustrating especially since we went from basically all books all the time to books every other week to like now no books at all for a while i understand this might be frustrating and i hope you can stick around with us while we continue with this new structure if not then i totally understand it i just say check back in every once in a while to see if we've uh continued again the books um but with that out of the way, uh, schedule for next week will be Avatar Last Airbender Season 3, Episodes 1 through 11. So that'll do, yeah, 1 through 11 is actually perfect. And then the week after that, we'll finish off all of Avatar Last Airbender. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. again, I know not the news a lot of you guys were hoping to hear, but life. So thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next time. See you.